Chapter six of the Vicar of Wakefield. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tig Hines. The Vicar of Wakefield by Oliver Goldsmith. Chapter six. The happiness of a country fireside. As we carried on the former dispute with some degree of warmth, in order to accommodate matters, it was universally agreed that we should have a part of the venison for supper, and the girls undertook the task with alacrity. "'I am sorry,' cried I, "'that we have no neighbour or stranger to take part in this good cheer. Feasts of this kind acquire a double relish from hospitality.' "'Bless me,' cried my wife, "'here comes our good friend Mr. Burchill, that saved our Sophia, and that run you down fairly in the argument.' confute me an argument child cried i you mistake there my dear i believe that there are but few that can do that i never dispute your abilities at making a goose pie and i beg you leave argument to me as i spoke poor mr burchell entered the house and was welcomed by the family who shook him heartily by the hand while dick officiously reached him a chair I was pleased with the poor man's friendship for two reasons, because I knew that he wanted mine, and I knew him to be friendly as far as he was able. He was known in our neighbourhood by the character of the poor gentleman that would do no good when he was young, though he was not yet thirty. He would at intervals talk with great good sense, but in general he was fondest of the company of children, whom he used to call harmless little men. He was famous, I found, for singing them ballads and telling them stories and seldom went out without something in his pockets for them, a piece of gingerbread or a halfpenny whistle. He generally came for a few days into our neighbourhood once a year, and lived upon his neighbour's hospitality. He sat down to dinner amongst us, and my wife was not sparing of her gooseberry wine. The tale went round, he sung us old songs, and gave the children the story of the Book of Beaverland, with the history of Patient Grizzle, the adventures of Catskin, and the fair Rosamond's Bower. Our cock, which always crew at eleven, now told us it was time for repose. But an unforeseen difficulty started about lodging the stranger. All our beds were already taken up, and it was too late to send him to the next alehouse. In this dilemma little Dick offered him his part of the bed, if his brother Moses would let him lie with him. "'And I,' cried Bill, "'will give Mr. Burchell my part, if my sisters will take me to theirs.' "'Well done, my good children,' cried I hospitality is one of the first christian duties the beast retires to its shelter and the bird flies to its nest but helpless man can only find refuge from his fellow-creature the greatest stranger in the world was he that came to save it he never had an house as if willing to see what hospitality was left remaining amongst us deborah my dear cried i to my wife give those boys a lump of sugar each and let dick's be the largest because he spoke first in the morning early i called out my whole family to help at saving an aftergrowth of hay and our guest offering his assistance he was accepted among the number our labours went on lightly we turned the swath to the wind i went foremost and the rest followed in due succession i could not avoid however observing the assiduity of mr burchell in assisting my daughter sophia in her part of the task when he had finished his own he would join in hers and enter into a close conversation but I had too good an opinion of Sophia's understanding, and was too well convinced of her ambition, to be under any uneasiness from a man of broken fortune. When we were finished for the day, Mr. Burchell was invited as on the night before, but he refused, as he was to lie that night at a neighbour's, to whose child he was carrying a whistle. When gone, our conversation at supper turned upon our late unfortunate guest. "'What a strong instance!' said I 
is that poor man of the miseries attending a youth of levity and extravagance he by no means wants sense which only serves to aggravate his former folly poor forlorn creature where are now the revellers the flatterers that he could once inspire to command gone perhaps to attend the bagnio pander grown rich by his extravagance they once praised him and now they applaud the pander their former raptures at his wit are now converted into sarcasms at his folly he is poor and perhaps deserves poverty for he has neither the ambition to be independent nor the skill to be useful prompted perhaps by some secret reasons i delivered this observation with too much acrimony which my sophia greatly reproved whatever his former conduct may be papa his circumstances should exempt him from censure now his present indigence is a sufficient punishment for his former folly and i have heard my papa himself say that we should never strike our unnecessary blow at a victim over whom providence holds the scourge of its resentment you are right sophie cried my son moses and one of the ancients finely represents so malicious a conduct by the attempts of a rustic to flay marcius whose skin the fable tells us has been wholly stripped off by another besides i don't know if this poor man's situation be so bad as my father would represent it we are not to judge of the feelings of others by the way we might feel in their place however dark the habitation of the mole to our eyes yet the animal itself finds the apartment sufficiently lightsome and to confess a truth this man's mind seems fitted to his situation for i never heard any one more sprightly than he was to-day when he conversed with you this was said without the least design however it excited a blush which she strove to convert with an affected laugh assuring him that she scarce took any notice of what he said to her but that she believed he might once have been a very fine gentleman the readiness with which she undertook to vindicate herself and her blushing were symptoms i did not internally approve but i repressed my suspicions as we expected our landlord the next day my wife went to make the venison pasty moses sat reading while i taught the little ones my daughter seemed equally busy with the rest and i observed them for a good while cooking something over the fire i at first supposed they were assisting their mother but little dick informed me in a whisper that they were making a wash for the face washes of all kinds i had a natural antipathy to for i knew that instead of mending the complexion they spoiled it i therefore approached my chair by sly degrees to the fire and grasping the poker as if it wanted mending seemingly by accident overturned the whole composition and it was too late to begin another End of chapter six